Welcome to Exploring Boys Education, a regular podcast produced by the International Boys Schools Coalition in which we have conversations about educating boys and the many issues that impact and affect boys schools and teachers of boys. Exploring Boys Education is hosted by me, Bruce Collins. I am the IBSC's Director of Membership Engagement. In this, the second episode of Exploring Boys Education, we'll get some insights into the IBSC Action Research Program, a groundbreaking global professional development opportunity for teachers and administrators in boys' schools. I took part in Action Research a couple of years ago, and it was the most significant uh, and transformative professional development um, opportunity that I've ever been engaged in. The most valuable part of action research for me was being part of a team. So after the two-year process was finished, I was still able to message the people in my team all around the world to ask them questions about my classroom, continuing research, and to hear about what's going on with them in their classrooms all around the world. We, we from Harrow send, um, send members of staff to, to do the action research with the IBSC every year and um, we encourage our staff to actually talk to the boys about it and to allow them to be part of that journey and it's really beneficial because the boys then realize that we are lifelong learners that we are keen on developing ourselves that we are resting on our laurels to get more insights into the ibsc action research program we'll be talking in today's episode to margot long and her team of advisors teachers are inspired through this work to take it further. And so whether that is an advanced degree, whether that is presenting your project at a conference or, you know, getting it published in a scholarly journal. And so I think that it really lights a little fire in us to continue that work. The IBSC uh, team are just an amazing group of experts in genuine action research processes and uh, working with you all over the 18 months has been a rewarding and enriching experience. I was privileged enough to be able to catch up with the IBSC Action Research Advisor team when we were all together in Montreal for the IBSC's annual conference. So without further ado, let's catch up with them and hear what they have to say about this incredible development opportunity. I have with me Dr. Di Laycock, who is the Head of Information Services at the King's School in Sydney, Australia, and also Margot Long, who is the Deputy Head of Academics and Staff Learning at St. John's Preparatory School in Johannesburg, South Africa. Margot is currently the Program Coordinator for the IBSC Action Research Program, which is a position Di held for many years. Both are stalwarts of our Action Research Program. Margot is going to introduce the others in the room in a bit, but first I just want to get some insights into action research and in particular the wonderful teacher-led action research program offered annually by the IBSC. So Di, let's start with you and by way of introduction, maybe you could share how you first got involved in IBSC action research. My action research journey has been a very long one. So I started in 2005 as one of seven researchers on the very first cohort of the IBSC Action Research Program. At the time, Mary Gauthier from Upper Canada College was the team leader. I then became Mary's apprentice for a year and then stepped into her shoes in 2007. As the program grew, the number of teams grew 
as did the number of team leaders. And in 2012, I stopped leading the team to actually take over the coordination. In 2016, I handed over the coordinator's range to Margot, but I stayed on as the editor of the research reports and posters. It's very hard to step away completely from such a fantastic program. The team leaders now call me the Sabre. Mm -hmm. um, the Sabre, that's uh, quite an interesting name, Di. Why are you called the Sabre? Well, Bruce, you know that teachers really like to talk a lot and they like to write a lot. And we do have limits on how long the reports can be. So uh, someone has to sort of step in and actually cut back a lot of the reports so that they're of a readable length. Um, so I guess I do the editing and proofing and in the process try and uh, bring them all back to uh, the required length that we, we ask of the researchers. That's great. I also, I mean, what fascinates me is your action research project spurred a love of learning in you and uh, you went on to actually study further and those studies were birthed from your action research. Yeah, most certainly. So uh, after my action research project, lots and lots of doors opened. I was able to speak at conferences and head overseas to do some presentations. But I think what was really lacking was some sort of uh, credibility to put behind those presentations and, and articles. So I could see the value of research. It really, the action research really sort of gave me a spark, I guess, that needed feeding. Uh, so I decided to enrol in a, a doctoral program. And so nine years later, uh, in 2018, I finally graduated with a, a degree as Doctor of Education. Uh, but the, the topic I chose um, for my doctorate uh, sort of reflected what I'd done in my action research program. So, so the topic mm. itself had sort of been a spark as well. That's amazing to hear and I think maybe that's something to which other researchers can aspire to. You, you've given us a little bit of a history of the action research program, but I'm quite keen to hear how many researchers have graduated from the program. What's the sort of global reach of, of this amazing endeavour? We've had 15 cohorts go through the program and they've comprised 40 teams. Uh, those teams have had researchers from over 12 countries and uh, to date we've had something like 420 researchers uh, graduate. Margot, you've also had quite an interesting action research journey. How did you end up being what we call the fearless leader of this program? Thanks Bruce. I started in 2007 as part of the team looking at positive relationships. I completed a project on bullying um, at my school and I obviously was my team advisor. I then went on to become a team advisor in 2008, so completing eight cycles in that role now um, and, I, and finally taking over from Dai as program coordinator in 2016. So this is my fourth cycle um, in that role 12 years later. It's clearly a very successful program. What makes it such a wonderful program for teachers from around the world to be a part of? So that's an interesting question, Bruce, because it's a program that's run by teachers for teachers, but I think it's, it's, it's all about the professional learning, and there's learning on so many levels in the program. We have a, a, a global collaboration, and being part of an online community in itself is a very rich experience. But with that comes a, a global confidence um, looking at schools around the world and realizing that while we're all different, we've all got so much in common. There's technological research as people learn the new technologies that we use to communicate. There's research knowledge of the actual topic that people are working with. But I think more important than all of that is it's the relationships 
that are formed in this program um, that lie at the heart of its success. And those relationships are between the team advisors themselves, um, between the team advisors and their researchers, and then the researchers form such close bonds through the course of the 18 months that they, they spend working together um, that, they, that they link up whenever they have the opportunity and I think it's, it's, it extends into a global family. I thoroughly enjoyed my participation in um, Action Research. It was an incredibly enriching experience for me, not only as a teacher but as an individual as well. I think it's, it's actually really rekindled a love for doing what I do and ultimately it's the start of my journey of lifelong learning. Applications for the latest round of IBSC Action Research have just opened up. The topic for the 2020-2021 IBSC Action Research program is Boys and Technology, New Horizons, New Challenges, New Learning. I'll share a little bit more about the new topic later on in this episode. But if you'd like to apply, head to our website www.theibsc.org and click on the Teaching and Learning tab. Under that tab you will find details about how to get involved in this wonderful program. In Montreal, I also managed to talk to the team advisors for this wonderful program, but I'm going to let Margot introduce them. We have Laura Sabo on the team. She is the Lower School Librarian at St. Christopher's in Richmond, Virginia. Trish Sislak is Head of Libraries at Crescent School in Toronto. Janet Lien is Director of Enrollment at the Browning School in New York. And a new advisor on the team is Polly Higgins, who's Head of Upper School at King Edward in Birmingham. Well, welcome to the four of you. You clearly keep this program running. And I'd like to, just like we've done with Diane Margot, focus on your action research journeys, because for me, really, the power of this program rests largely on all of your capable shoulders. And the fact that you've been through this process, I think, makes it so much easier for researchers to produce research projects of which they can be proud. So we're going to start with the newest member of the team, which is Polly. Um, tell us a little bit about your action research project. The year I did my action research project, the subject was adaptability. And um, I'm a drama teacher, and I was wanting to see whether I could improve the way the boys reflected to, in order to improve their devising drama in class. Um, because in written reflection, they, they tended to just dash things off, not really think about it. So we di uh, I did a project where um, they, we got rid of the exercise books and they used digital devices to do oral or video reflections. And it was transformative. It was an amazing um, experience to the extent that we've now rolled it out across the entire year group and we're using um, video reflection in lots of different ways uh, across the whole department. Really, that's part of the power of the program, isn't it? That, it's, that it has impact beyond your project, possibly in a school. And I think, you know, one of the things was it was quite a bold step to say, right, we're going to get rid of the exercise books and, mm. and not use that very traditional method. And, you know, I was worried that the boys would, uh, you know, maybe they'd just be on their phones yeah. tweeting or doing you know, Snapchat or what have you. But they loved it and they do... Well, actually, no, they didn't love it to begin with. They found it quite challenging, but they started to love it. And they really opened up and were very kind of honest in their responses. What would your advice be for action researchers from someone who, is, who has completed a project recently? I think it's really important that you um, embrace... The process fully it, it, you definitely get out of it what you put into it and um, I mean I 
really did embrace it. I enjoyed it so much. I found it. I hadn't really done any research before, and I just found it so fascinating. I enjoyed the reading. Um, I didn't enjoy writing the lit review very much, but it, I, <laughs> we all like. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed doing all the reading for it, and it, it invigorated for me. It invigorated my teaching enormously, but also just being able to see the the, the boys kind of in how it enhanced yeah. the learning. So I think that's important. I think choosing something that you don't know the answer to. Mm. I think it's tempting to think, oh, I'll research something that I'm already doing, but actually being bold and trying to do yeah. something that you don't know what's going to happen, that, that, that's exciting. Laura and Trish, tell us a little bit about your research journeys and how you came to be involved in a deeper level. Let's start with you, Trish. Great. Uh, I uh, joined in the program in 2010 in Philadelphia and I was part of actually I think a bit of a unique year because we had three different topics running between libraries, languages and leadership. So I was on the library team and my project centered around the introduction of audiobooks as an option for boys to encourage them to read more. We know that uh, reading habits fall off for boys, usually in the middle school years. And so I introduced audiobooks uh, into the library at Crescent and to see what would happen. And uh, despite a lot of them thinking that listening didn't count, uh, my research was actually really valuable to find out that boys were able to actually finish a book. And that was really rewarding, not only for me, but for the boys as well. And uh, to add another layer to a reading culture in a boys' school. So that was really powerful. And it did guide a lot of our decisions that I made within our lower school library as well in future years. So that, for me, was really powerful. Um, and in that same year, I was actually that... Uh, our research, my research report was actually turned into an article and published in an Australian library journal and that was very rewarding and a really exciting sort of extra layer as an opportunity to actually get published in yeah. uh, a journal for other people to read, read about the research as well. And I mean we actually encourage people to do that don't we? I yeah. mean to take it beyond just this program and to be published elsewhere or, or present elsewhere or do other things. And. And then I presented my findings in 2011 and then the call came and I was asked to join in as an advisor team. And so I started my journey in 2012 with Laura on my team as one of my researchers. Yes, I was so lucky. <laughs> and uh, we've just been going strong ever since yeah. and it's been, it's been fabulous. Trish has alluded to your journey <laughs> and how it started. Nice uh, segue. So yes, so for me it was 2012, um, same year as you Bruce, we That's were right. part of the same cohort. The theme was creativity through di digital technologies. So at the time I was an instructional technologist and I worked with a group of fifth grade boys and they created social awareness posters. I mean it was an amazing experience, we were in Melbourne for that conference um, and I presented at my own school. Um, St. Christopher's the next July, which was wonderful. And, and just like Trish, I loved that experience. I completely embraced it and I got the call um, the next year. And so this will be my sixth year. And so, um, you know, I've loved, as we've talked about, the relationships with this advisory team, but also um, each of the cohorts and those are long-lasting relationships and not to mention how much I'm learning um, with each topic and so that too has kind of trickled into my own school because now I also get to coach a team of faculty members doing action research projects at my own school so yeah. 
I think a lot of people's careers are almost defined by their journey through action Absolutely. research. Absolutely, yes, so yes, it does. I have think an clearly, impact. from what you have shared, all of you, you know, that's that's true. But who benefits most from this? Is it the school? Is it the researcher? Is it the team advisor to your group? <laughs> that you know, is a very is difficult yeah. question, Bruce. You know, my first thought is the teacher. And, I, you know, just because of, I know how it changed the way I teach and I hear it over and over again. I mean, I think as educators, we're all reflective. But to learn how to, you know, immerse yourself in the literature when you want to try something new, um, how to collect evidence and, you know, get the boys' voices as we are trying new things, I think it just changes. And so many um, teachers have gone on to maybe do informal news cycles of research. It just changes the way we teach. But then, of course, that affects the boys because it's, why do we do this? Mm. We're, you know, learning best practices for teaching boys. So I think, um, you know, as you said that, it's good for the school, it's good for the teacher, it's good for, ultimately, it's for the boys. Yeah, I suppose that's why we believe in this program so much, right. is it's reach is far. Yes. So those, I mean, those benefits, what, for you, what are those, Trish? Uh, well, it's true, there, we do have our own term we've made up called boyology, which, which lives and breathes through every one of our projects. And we really work on directing our researchers to find that elusive piece that really ties to the boys so that we can enhance what we're doing with our boys. So, uh, you know, it really does have a really beautiful trickle-down effect in terms of what the benefits are. One that really struck with me is when you need to rely on the boys to be part and be co-researchers with you, that relational moment with the boys is very profound. And when you say to them, you're part of a global research project and what you say matters, it changes how you interact with the boys and they believe in you and they trust you. And that's probably one of the most profound things we can do as teachers in boys' schools, that we can build those relationships with them. So that, for me, has always been uh, really great. With our next topic being student agency, it fits so perfectly well with action research because we're going to be relying on the boys to play a big part in all of the projects that are going to be upcoming. I was initially attracted to the action research project as the opportunity to learn how to do action research properly and um, now have the satisfaction of saying that I've learned so much in working with you and the uh, IBSC Action Research team and our group, the Raconteurs. Um, you took me out of my comfort zone, you demanded quality um, action research and you provided amazing support so that I could achieve it. Janet Leanne from the Browning School takes the conversation further. So I participated in an action research project from 2015 to 2016 and the topic that year was global citizenship. Um, we had focused the theme on the various United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and the topic I chose for my project was poverty um, and I worked with 12th grade boys at our school. My thinking was that I felt that while students, especially in America, may have an understanding about poverty globally or even in developing nations, they may actually have less of a sense as to poverty as it, as it exists in the United States. And so we examined the working poor in America um, and all the factors that result in poverty in the U.S. Um, I asked the boys to take on the profile of a family making minimum wage, and they were tasked with determining the family budget based on existing conditions in New York City. And it was a very powerful experience for me, and I'm delighted to still be a part of the Action Research family. If listeners were to sign up for the next round of the RBSC Action Research Program, 
clearly this seems like a big task. It seems like a lot of work to do, an extra layer on top of what you're doing anyway as a teacher. What, you know, what sort of support and training do researchers get um, in order to produce successful projects? So in, incoming researchers can expect to receive, well, two full days of training where we go over various components of action research and we guide researchers in how to shape their work. Over the course of two days, we work on how to develop good research questions because that really anchors the work ahead. Uh, we examine existing literature or even teach, you know, discuss how to um, examine existing literature, develop methods of data collection and how we then go about analyzing that. Um, there is a bit of overlap during the training days between incoming and outgoing teams, and that allows researchers who are just beginning their journey to glean from the experience of those who have just come through it, and that can also be a really powerful experience for researchers. Uh, and then the role of us as advisors, um, I mean, we're, we're not here for two days and then we, we say, see you later, good luck. You know, we, um, we're with you every step of the way. We check in with our teams. We certainly reach out ahead of due dates. We structure the due dates so that we, we hope it's a, a manageable stream of work for, for our researchers. And we help troubleshoot. We help to encourage, to cheerlead, to advocate when necessary. We're with you. Dar Laycock shares some insights about the rigor of action research. If you read the literature, often there's a certain suspicion about research conducted by teachers. It's viewed on uh, maybe as a sort of lesser, um, lesser credibility than some of the academic research that you see. Uh, so I think it is really important that the IBSC present um, its researchers as very rigorous, uh, trustworthy, etc. Uh, after all, we're hoping that other other people will take on the idea of doing research. We'd like to think that there's a transferability element to the, the projects that the researchers do. And if that's going to be the case, then it has to be yeah. established that those projects are rigorous. So, look, I think the, the way that we achieve that is that we um, certainly, as Janet's already said, we provide them with some really rigorous face-to-face -face training where we go through the steps of the action research process. Um, but also, and, and the ongoing support, you know, there's always someone available to help with questions, etc. But the other thing I, I think is that the, the report that the researchers produce is actually sort of a, a mini thesis in a way. So it actually replicates um, a lot of academic research that, that you'll read. You know, it has a literature review. Uh, it ha you know, it, it's very transparent in, in the process that's presented. So I think through that, um, people can actually see how it was, how the research was conducted, how the, the data's been analysed, etc. So I think all of that adds to, to the rigour of the program. An IBSC action research project might very well be daunting. I asked Trish Sislak to share with us what a typical project might look like. I think the, the really important starting point is an intuition towards the topic. So the fall before... Uh, so like last fall in 2018, Margot wrote up a description of what the student agency topic and in your own gut as a teacher, you'll have a, a drive to a certain topic. So when you read the description of what's coming, that intuition is going to sort of create a, a spark to sort of intentionally start to have a really hard look at something in your practice. So I think that intuition piece is really important and that's really up to people applying to the program to decide, is this my topic? Because you're going to have to live with it for 18 months. And so uh, that's a really important part to come in with something that you could see in your practice that needs an improvement. And from there, we actually have um, set templates and set due dates to help people go through. And one of the most important ones is the research plan. And really, it's almost a bit of under, if it's a um, 
a backward design approach. So we try to give a big sort of overall view of it and really start to think of all the moving parts and to establish a sense of where this project might land. So those templates are really important for making sure we hit all of the essential elements of the project. And we will do a lit review and they have to understand how to collect data and analyze it, draw out conclusions and come away with a whole sense of that they felt the impact of whatever that action is on their practice with their boys. It seems like quite a commitment though, Polly. How do successful researchers manage that load and commitment, would you say? I mean, it, it is a commitment. There's no getting away from that. And I think with the very busy lives of a full-time uh, school worker, teacher, it is something you've got to bear in mind. I mean, the way I did it, I set aside set time every week that was my action research time. And I was very lucky. My school were incredibly supportive. So they actually blocked off time for me. Um, I learned very quickly that I had to honour that time because... It's very easy to <laughs> let other things get in there, but but if you do that, you can keep on top of it, and and it's manageable. So I suppose it's just being intentional, knowing that you're part of this thing for 18 months, and like what you say about intentionally setting time aside and just sticking to that. It's a commitment, and I think as well, you need time to really think about what, with the data, what you are seeing and what you are collecting, mm. and to try and be as open as possible with that, that you're not trying to drive a particular bias or drive a particular yeah. answer to your research question, if you like. So you have to, you do need to spend that time. You can't just dash it off, or, yeah. and it's important. Janet, we spoke earlier a little bit about um, benefits of the program, but there has to be a positive spin-off here for schools who have researchers in the program. Yeah, I, I, as I thought through how to answer this question, I, I had to reflect on my own experience. So I'll start by speaking for myself and my own action research journey. The key to action research is that teachers are actively conducting the research and are participants themselves. So even when I was seeking to answer my own research question, I was tasked with examining my own teaching practice and whether I was setting the boys up to benefit um, from the activity itself. The reflection process to me isn't always available to teachers when they're under the relentlessness of, um, you know, of the academic year, right? The, the ups and downs of the academic year. But to carve out that time and space, as Polly was talking about, to to immerse yourself in active reflection, I think that makes better teachers for all of us. And Laura had touched on this as well. Our boys stand to benefit. So I, I've mentioned already that I think action research increases um, teacher engagement. It helps teachers rediscover or fine tune their sense of purpose. Um, I myself loved meeting educators from all over the world and teachers in boys schools, no less. Our schools are also different, but when you're meeting colleagues from around the world, all of whom are dedicated to um, the service of teaching boys, um, there is something that is deeply satisfying about that um, process as well as inspiring, really. Um, teachers who engage in action research have the opportunity to, to develop a habit of reflection and fine-tuning in their own teaching practices even after their action research is complete. So I think that this, this process continues to iterate itself um, even after you're done with all of the, the requirements of, of participating with the IBSC. And then I do think that some of our schools have also developed their own versions of action research. Laura touched on that um, as something that's happening at St. Christopher's. I know that many of us are are looking into ways to kind of get action research in as a, as a regular practice for teachers in our schools. And I think that 
certainly whenever teachers get to share their work with their colleagues, we have a chance to help one another learn to develop projects at our school. So um, something that we do ask our researchers to do is to find opportunities to share their own action research work um, with their colleagues at schools, and hopefully that will spark other um, people's interest in the project. One of the benefits of being an IBSC member school is that one has access to all the wonderful resources on our website. One of the resources available to member schools is a repository of all the IBSC action research reports ever written. Margot Long is particularly excited about the latest set of reports. So we chose the story because we felt that storytelling has been around for a really long time as a useful tool. and. It's a way that people use to make sense of the world around them. Stories connect us to one another and they help us learn about our history and our ancestors. Several of the projects pursued that thread looking at the history of um, alumni in their schools um, and in their communities. But also through telling your own story, um, you learn how to transform yourself you, and, and you define your own identity. So some of the projects looked at boys telling their stories in different formats and, and the learning that came from that. And then probably the third component was that when you listen to other people's stories, you develop empathy um, and, and, and perhaps a tolerance of difference and otherness. And there were some absolutely wonderful projects in this cycle looking at the, at, at the need to recognize um, difference and, and, and celebrate it in our communities. Some, some amazing uh, projects, really. That some absolutely beautiful projects. I really can't wait for them to be published on the website and for everyone to be able to read them. At the IBSC annual conference in Montreal, we announced the 2019 IBSC Action Research Award winners. We'd like to congratulate again Peter Bonds from the Blue Ridge School and James Carney from Scotch College for winning the 2019 Action Research Award. Both of them completed highly innovative action research projects that make a valuable contribution to the IBSC action research community. We were able to talk to them about their experience of IBSC action research. Maybe Pete, we can start with you. you know, what were some of your challenges and, and, and highlights as you went through this process? Yeah, it was an incredible process. Um, this really was one of the most rewarding things that I've, I've done professionally in my 10 years as a, as a teacher. I guess the, the biggest challenge is it's, it's a substantial time commitment. It's a fair amount of work, you know, especially as, as a faculty member at a boarding school where you're teaching yeah. and coaching and advising and doing duty on weeknights and weekends. Um, adding one more thing to your plate can, can be a lot, but if you make time every week and you kind of allocate some time for it, it really um, turned out to be quite manageable. What about you? Some of the challenges, James? Yeah, same for me, um, just with the timing. Being in the Southern Hemisphere, so I'm in, at a school down in Melbourne, Australia, the, just the timing of the project meant that I had to do most of my stuff in our term three, so from July to September. Mm. And so I had a fairly condensed amount of time to try and organise things. And particularly that space between the conference last year where we were sort of formulating our question to sort of uh, not long after that where we had to kind of outline our entire research yeah. plan. That was quite a lot of thinking and work to try and piece together what that was eventually going to look like. But then for me, it kind of freed up a lot after that. I had all my data in by the end of September. And so it was a bit more leisurely after that. And the, and the highlights for you, I mean, did they outweigh the... Oh, definitely. Changes? And I think that the, the real highlight for me has been being able to get to know 
other teachers from other countries around the world and to get to spend some time um, not only just talking about their projects but getting to know what their school life is like and getting to know them um, sort of as colleagues but also as friends over the course of the process. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing about the, the process, isn't it? Is yeah, and, and you really start to realize that you're part of such a big community, um, mm. uh, an international group of people engaged in the same work that you are. I think a lot of times, you know, it can feel like you're in your, your silo. It's a little mm. bit lonely sometimes mm. at your school. And then you come to an event like this and you realize there's people from, you know, your, your country, but all over the world mm. um, yeah. engaged in the same kind of work and the conversations and, and the ideas I came back to my school with um, have been just invaluable. What advice would you give current researchers in, in this program as, as well as those who are, are thinking about applying? Yeah, absolutely apply. Definitely <laughs> apply. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic experience. My advice, I guess, would just be to pick a, a topic that, that you're really interested in something that you are curious about, something that you are, are passionate about, something that you might already be working on in your practice, but something that would benefit from a, a more formal, structured um, study. You spend a lot of time with the topic that you pick. You spend a lot of time with the question that you asked and the data that you've collected. So if you don't really love it and enjoy it, um, gonna you're going to get tired of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say um, at the initial stages of applying for the program, keep an open mind as to what your topic might be, because I know that between my initial application and the time that um, I actually finalised my project, they were completely different things. Mm. And also to um, just think about the scope of what you're taking on. In my experience uh, last year, watching the presentations from last year's cohort and talking to some of the researchers from this year, just in the last couple of days, the projects that have been the most successful have been the simplest, where there has been a very specific uh, point of change um, that they've made to their teaching practice, and they've been able to really focus in on that rather than trying to achieve too much in the time mm -hmm. that they have. And definitely talk to the people you know at your school who have done it, yeah. um, and if no one at your school has done it, you know, reach out to the folks who, who run the program. They're amazing, you know, very, very kind people who will answer any question you possibly have. Finally, in wrapping this up, it's been great to speak to the two of you, but, you know, in terms of your own, you alluded to it earlier, Pete, your, your own professional development as a, as a teacher, this was significant. Why was it so significant for you? It was so significant for me because, um, you know, I was able to research a, a part of my practice that I've been thinking about and wondering about for a while, but I never, I don't know that if on my own, I would have really studied in such a structured way this part of my practice. It probably would have just been something that stayed in the back of my mind and I wouldn't have made the time to really think about, you know, how I teach history, which, which was a key part of, of my project. And so I benefited from the structure, um, having to study this, having to work with data, having to really reflect and think about what I do in a way that I just don't think I would have done um, without this program. Yeah, it was the same for me. Um, obviously, uh, in our lives as teachers, we're doing the sorts of things that we do in the Action Research Program on a really informal level. So every day we're identifying some something that we want our students to be able to do or to do differently. We're putting in place a course of action to try and achieve that outcome. We're looking at evidence along the way. But to do it in a much more structured, rigorous format has been quite rewarding and to be able to know that um, 
sort of you're drawing on uh, perhaps more literature than you would in your day-to-day teaching mm. practice. Um, you're able to explore things in a lot more depth, and it's perhaps uh, just a bit more concrete and manage uh, sort of uh, yeah. I guess uh, by the end of the, the process, we've got a clearer outcome yeah. um, and clearer reasons why we've got that outcome, and clearer sort of um, directions to go afterwards. The current cohorts of IBSC action researchers have projects that are in full swing. They started in February with some training and connection opportunities, met together at the IBSC annual conference in Montreal, and are currently doing their literature reviews and research plans. We asked Laura Sabo to give us more information about this current round of IBSC action research. The theme is developing agency, boy, voice, and choice. And so when we're talking about student agency, um, we're talking about purposeful initiative. Teachers who are doing projects within this cycle might be um, trying to find out what happens um, when students choose their own course of action, whether that means uh, it could be related to their goals, it could be related to a learning topic, um, the activities that they want to pursue, how they are going to be assessed, it's, it's important because agency is a life skill. Um, and, and I really, truly, I think we all know that when our boys are encouraged um, to ask their own deep questions, to problem solve, to collaborate and make their own decisions, we're really providing them with the tools they need to pursue lifelong learning. If you've been inspired or excited by anything you've heard in this episode, I would encourage you to apply for the 2020-2021 IBSC Action Research Project, Boys and Technology, New Horizons, New Challenges, New Learning. Educational technology has certainly shaped learning for millennia, from the invention of the first wax tablets to the technology we use today. Technology promotes flexible, active and differentiated learning and empowers students to take control of their learning. But while it offers many benefits, we must also think critically before embracing all it offers. IBSC invites teachers to undertake action research exploring the impact of new and emerging technologies on teaching and learning in boys' schools. If this is a topic that really excites you, why not visit www.theibsc.org and investigate how you can be a part of the next IBSC Action Research Cohort. Someone shared today, I won't mention who it is, but what did he say? He said the conference is? He regards it as an action research conference with a few invited guests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go, the annual... Needless to say, he is a past action researcher. Two times. He did it twice. As you've listened to today's episode, I'm sure you've picked up on the passion of this team of action research advisors. The IBSC is grateful to Margot, Laura, Trish, Polly, Janet and Di for all the hard work they do to make this program a roaring success. As we close today's episode, just a reminder that you can gain access to a ton of amazing resources on our website www.theibsc.org Lastly, if you'd like to access archived episodes of this podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcast app just by searching for Exploring Boys Education. 
Alternatively, visit the archive podcast page on our website and click on the links that appear there. Please share your feedback on these episodes with us. You can email us on ibsc at theibsc.org. So until the next episode of Exploring Boys Education, from me, Bruce Collins, goodbye.